This is Bruce Hack. My music encompasses all forms, produced electronically on synthesizers which I have built. About 20 years ago, when I was publishing a zine called Backwash, I hired an internet psychic to ask musician Bruce Hack a few questions from beyond. It was part of a story I was writing about a new album at the time, put out by DJ Me, DJ U, with mixes of Hack's work. Recently, James Archer from Igniter Media found the story online while researching attempts to contact dead musicians. I'm Mark Hartzman, and you're listening to Bruce Hack Speaks from Beyond on Weird Historian. Bruce Hack, who died in 1988, was a musician and early electronic music pioneer. In the 1960s and 70s, he created some truly far-out and fun children's music. My name is Miss Nelson. My name is Bruce. And we've made a wild and wonderful record for you. We will tell you all kinds of things to do and be, and you can let your imagination go with us. Just listen to what we say, dear heart. This is where the magic starts. Bruce appeared in a 1968 episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and demonstrated a device, oddly enough, called the Musical Computer, which was a home-built, touch- and heat-sensitive synthesizer that also had early digital sampling capabilities. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Mr. Rogers. How are you? Fine. Thank you for inviting us today. Is this the musical computer? This is it, Mr. Rogers. These buttons uh, cause the computer to make sounds and noises like this. You can put your hand up and down and do things with lights. I can change with these switches. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and you use this for your dance class. We do, Mr. Rogers. I'll clap my hands and this computer will go on like this. It's warming up. It surely is. I think it's starting to make music. To explain the story about how he contacted Bruce Hack from beyond the grave, well, I'll just let Mark tell you himself. A motorcycle has two wheels and handlebars to steer it. It's fun to drive, and when you drive, everyone can hear it. Yeah. When you were a kid, did you run around and make motorcycle noises with your friends and pretend you were cruising the streets or being cops? Or did you sit in front of the television and let your imagination rot? Imaginations need to be kept active. Did you know your brain is more active dreaming than watching TV? Think about that the next time you're on the couch munching on pork rinds and staring at the latest sitcom reboot. Back in the 60s, 
Bruce Hack and Esther Nelson made records that kept kids' imaginations working overtime. Their label, Dimension 5, refers to the fifth dimension of imagination. Using synthesizers, loops, sound effects, and other instruments he built himself, Bruce created some fun, yet bizarre, psychedelic-like music. Bruce and Miss Nelson's spoken word lyrics took children on wild rides to all kinds of places, kind of like a crazed driver on the run, but without the danger. Kids could dance around like they forgot their Ritalin and do some serious pretending. Greetings, fellow robots. I hope oil goes well with you. Here is your robot music. Do not rust until you can move to it. In 1999, musician and former child star Ross Harris, he was that little kid in the movie Airplane, spearheaded the release of Best of Dimension 5, Listen, Compute, Rock, Home, on Emperor Norton Records. Ross explained to me that, quote, The main thing about Bruce Hack is that he and Esther Nelson were just trying to get kids and their parents to realize there's all this amazing energy coming out of kids, and you can either stunt it or really direct it towards something cool that's going to leave a mark in their head and go on and do something with their life. Ross first discovered Bruce's work in 1996, when someone gave him a tape while on tour. He soon managed to find a few more albums. He was inspired, as he found that he was using similar instruments, if not the same instruments, himself. Plus, at the time, he also had two young kids. Ross had been wanting to do a benefit project, as one of his children had autism, and, quote, what could be a cooler thing than to get new artists to do Dimension 5 stuff? These exciting days, there are many ways to travel. Well, our favorite way to travel is what we call soul transportation. When we were kids, folks called it daydreaming. Some people call it meditation. Released in 2005, Dimension Mix was a culmination of over five years of work. It features a song by Beck and also includes songs and remixes by Stereolab, Eels, Money Mark, The Apples in Stereo, and many more, with proceeds from the album going towards Cure Autism Now. Bruce probably would have liked the album since he was always trying new things. In the 80s, he even tried his hand at rap, working with Russell Simmons. In 2000, as part of the Bruce Hack revival efforts, we tried to contact Bruce to ask him a few questions. Unfortunately, he died in 1988, so a simple phone call wouldn't suffice. I checked with Listen Compute Rock Home's publicist, Chandra Faulkner, about conducting a seance. She did a little internet surfing for a medium, and, after being sidetracked by a paperclip auction on eBay, on the way that was me, discovered Miss Angela, a clairvoyant psychic who had been giving readings for over 20 years. This would be my first attempt to communicate with the dead. There sure is a lot I'd like to know about the afterlife, like, is there one? Or do we just rot in boxes underground? I emailed Miss Angela three questions to ask Bruce, the first two being mine, the third, Ross's. One, what is your imagination like in the afterlife? Two, what would you like to say to the people trying to revive your work? Three, what is the significance of the black hot tub in your Westchester room? Then, through her ability to communicate with the dead, this is what Bruce Hack had to say. 
My imagination is not working in death. And I don't care whether it is or not. Death is nothing like I thought it would be. Of course, it is difficult for me to comprehend it. And I feel that death is the world's greatest treasure because there is no pain or stress. But please, do not take this to mean that I am advocating it as a better alternative to life. When she asked him if he was happy, the Rossness friends want to revive an interest in his work. He said that if he was still alive, that would make him happy. If Ross and his friends want to revive an interest in my work, if I was alive, it would make me happy. But since I'm dead, I really don't have any feelings either way on the subject. And, yes, if it makes you happy, please continue with your efforts. Because in death, we don't have any desires or wants. Now, when she asked him about the black hot tub, at first he said it had something to do with his life, something that occurred. But then he said that it was so insignificant that it was not that important. She said that it was almost as if she was seeing him shrug and say, who would care about such a thing? The black hot tub in my Westchester room has no significance to me now, and it had no significance to me in life. And it has no significance while I'm dead. Angela also told me that Bruce was most reluctant to continue the conversation. He is done with life and everything in it, he said. She asked if he had anything to say to me and your friends, and he didn't, really. I can see that we are kindred spirits, but I would not like to guide you. I'm uncomfortable being a leader. I hope that what I've said will shed some light on this subject. It seems like Bruce didn't feel like sharing too much with us silly living folks, or perhaps he didn't want to answer any questions and told Miss Angela to answer them using her imagination. Although Russ confirmed that the black tub was insignificant, it was merely a big black tub in the middle of Bruce's room, sunken in the ground, flush with the floor. Ross was just wondering what was up with that. Most people would. So, can people really be reached from beyond? Ross thinks so. He told me that, quote, I'm the kind of person, when the phone's ringing, I love to pick it up. I can't let it ring or let the machine get it. I'm ready to go. I think it depends on how much you like the life you just lived. Maybe if you're ready to split from it, you might not answer any more calls concerning that one. But if you've had a good time, you might want to stay in touch regarding it. Maybe he's right. We'll all know soon enough. Until then, we'll just have to use our imagination. Thanks for listening. Weird Historian is brought to you by me, Mark Hartsman. The theme song was created by Steffi Copeland. This episode features clips from Bruce Hack, as well as James Archer from Igniter Media, who also edited and mixed it. For other strange tales, check out my site, weirdhistorian.com, and follow at Weird Historian on Instagram. And if you like this podcast, tell your friends and share it wherever you share stuff. Until next time, have a weird day. <laughs>